here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my patron supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. I would also like to give special shout-outs to my senior producers, shout-outs to Vincent's Official, shout-outs to my mom and dad. Love you all. Thank you for supporting me. And now I would like to introduce the five-time Radio Melee question asker person, someone who is very involved with Minnesota Melee with the big M4, what I suspect to be a combination of the four M's of Melee, Minnesota, Monthly, and another one. And I'm very excited to have Etost on, stats person, sheets person, like numbers and maps and everything you can think of in regards to somehow making start GG reveal more than just the, Oh, this many people entered this tournament. Etost has been very, very active this year. And I think when I first heard of you towards the end of last year or the beginning of this year, you were, you were, you were like the, the melee stats kind of person version of assault coming on the scene quickly, or like J Mook coming on the scene. Oh, of course. How could I forget? This is J Mook's unofficial manager that I'm talking to right now. He tossed. This is so cool. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very nervous. You know, as soon as you hit the, the start recording button, I was like, Oh my God. Uh, I was like, fine talking beforehand, but now you hit the start recording and you know, all the pressure's on, you know? Oh, no. Oh, the no. intro did not relax you. I should go no, for something fumble. more No, the fumble. I'm fumbling the bag right now. <laughs> Thank you for the very, very, very nice intro. Maybe a little too nice, honestly. I don't know if you can... All those things are true, but, you know. So I didn't say that you're the actual real manager of, of J-Mix. You're the, the manager, apparently. I love that on the Twitter bio. Yeah. Addy Toss for those who are curious. Yeah. It kind of started. I mean, do you mean to jump into the background of like how I how I, how I met JMook and stuff? I would love to give that background because it makes a lot more sense if you understand how this mm -hmm. happened. By all so, means. Um, I started organizing 4M, which we'll get into later, in, in March or so. I realized, hey, I got a lot of a decent amount of leftover money. I want to spend it on you know melee as it's something I've loved for years. Uh, and hey, let's DM some some great players and see you know if they want to come out. And I had a few players that were friends through Melee Test Discord, like Polish, um, like Chape, etc. And we're like, hey, you know, if you're interested. Now, Damon was a player that not a lot of people knew about before Genesis. And I would say, like I said with people before, but the lucky people that did know him before Genesis were mostly Melee Stats members. It's a lot of people who knew him from the scene from whether he beat La Luna in like 2017 or so, and La Luna came to. Upstate New York, or just why his like ability to never lose in his region. He said, "Hey, don't go to his region. He's gonna he's gonna fuck you up. Like that, that's not a good idea." Or loco fight uh, night in 2021. Yes, and that gave a lot of people a, a know of who he was. But then people forgot because that was a uh, you know towards the beginning of 2019 instead of uh or 20 sorry 2021 instead of uh, 2022. And then Genesis came around, and I so I DM'd him in March. We'll say I DM'd him in March. I was like, "Hey, I would love to get you to my tournament. I'll you know cover your flight." How is you, you know, whatever. I think you're super sick. Uh, funnily enough, when I did that, I was telling Polish, like, hey, I'm inviting JMook. Polish also, Melee Stats Discord uh, fiend, also goes, please don't have, like, he, if you invite him, he's just going to win. He's just going to beat everyone. <laughs> like, Polish, Polish knew how good JMook was. I think we all knew how good he was, but maybe not top, top five level like he is now. Mm -hmm. But I knew that, so I met him day one of Genesis. I was like, hey, you know, I was like, I DM'd you a while ago about, you know, flying out to Minnesota. Uh, great to meet you. You know, big fan of your big fan of your chic, big fan of big fan as you as a player. And it was like during doubles when he was teaming with Sora, and like he didn't get people people going up to him or anything. And then you know, day two happened obviously, and that's the day where he makes the run. He beats everyone in his path. Beats Plop, 
beats uh, Laud, makes top eight winners, and everyone's losing their mind. Me and Aiden and a lot of the other people are just losing our minds that this guy's crazy. Also, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Jamie, as you know, Aiden's a huge Jamook fan if you haven't seen like the Yard <laughs> or whatever, Twitter, yes. talk about it. Jamu, his name in Melistat's Discord has been like Jamuk Enjoyer for the last like six months. Like this, he he's been a Jamuk fan for a long time, and so we were freaking the hell out during that run. And after you know, I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, you know, uh, what do you think about? Well, I, I should say I should go back first. He said he might be able to go. He wanted to go to the 4M, but he said I can only get off work once a month for my for for tournaments, and I might go with some friends to Gommel. You know, him thinking, oh, I'm you know I'm a pretty good player, but I don't have the money to go every time i don't have the 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 funds whatever the time to go so he was like hey, i don't know if i can go i really want to go but you know gommel's a trip not far from me because he's in new york um and so after day two i asked him I'm like hey man so about that starbucks job you still gonna work that like Genesis. <laughs> he's like uh, he's like i don't know we'll see what happens tomorrow you know he was telling me that it was surreal that he'd never heard his name chanted before like we got the entire crowd chanting it was so electric for him even on day two uh, and it was just an incredible run. Uh, and then after day three, well, obviously, if you, after what happened was, is that as I think it's during the LOD set or during the plop set, I go, or I'm going to Guildhouse afterwards. I go tell Aiden, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to Walmart because they, they didn't have a Target anywhere nearby, which is what I prefer, you know, as a Minnesota person. Uh, Target's the uh, elite store for us. I was like, hey, I'm going to go buy like 20 white shirts and just write JMOOC on all of them with Sharpies. And I'm like, Aiden, do you want one? And he's like, yeah, sure, if you run it. I don't know if he actually thought I would do it, but I did, and I ended up giving up 20 JMO shirts. They were in high demand, super high demand. Uh, and obviously, as we know, Genesis 8, top 8 happened, got second, beating Cody twice, beating none, absolutely going insane. I was sadly only losing to Zane. Uh, and after the top 8, I asked him, I'm like, Jake, when is the, uh, when is the two-week notice going in? He goes... Tonight, he tells me I'm please putting it tonight, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." And that's how I got to know him, and he, you know, gave me the follow back on Twitter and Instagram, and we talk a decent amount. And I was, uh, I don't remember how it happened, but he just called me the manager of Mook one time. I, I would, I would have to look back in his tweets to see how it happened. It might have been, oh, it was probably me talking about Genesis Eight and all the shirts and stuff, and saying like, "Congratulations!" Like he said, manager of Mook, and. I was like, okay, this is going to stick apparently. And when FlyQuest was like, hey, at Jake Dorado, you're pretty cool. You want to talk? And I'm like, as his manager, <laughs> you should DM him. And they did. And now he's he's sponsored and he's a top five player in the world. It's crazy. And it's all because, you know, there's just someone constantly bugging JMook in the DMs. It is a trick Yo. to bug top players, even if they're not top players nationally known yet. Even the ones who are really good secretly behind the scenes are so difficult to get a hold of. So shout oh, out yeah. to you for staying determined, staying with it. But even back then, you were thinking M4, M4 the whole time. Yeah. 4M is an event I've been planning for a while. Uh, it's because there's so... The most stacked tournament Minnesota history actually was the first MMM. Uh, in February, which doesn't count for PTR, sadly, because it'd be great for Ben, where it was Ben, Ginger, Zamu, Crudo. So we had two top 20 players there, Crudo and, and Ginger, but Crudo also had a broken controller, and Zamu was kind of at a down slump. Um, but Ben won the entire thing, and that was the most act Minnesota's ever been. So if two, if three, uh, four top 50 players can make you like the most stat terminal all time in Minnesota history, I'm like, fine. 
let's get 10 out here. Let's get some top top five players out here. You know, whatever. Uh, so that's been in the works for a long time. And luckily it's come to fruition. Uh, just knowing enough people, meeting enough people at majors. Uh, uh, it's It's been a lot of work and it's been very stressful, but I'm very excited to have it happen this weekend. Okay, so this is also your magnum opus or perhaps your your Twilight submission. I don't know what to call this, but this is going to be something that does not repeat in the near future for you because you're also trying to take a step back from all of this. You want to yeah, talk about... Well, well wanna... let's, let's just say I'm taking a step back for you know, two months or so. Uh, I just need to do some more kinds of personal stuff. But what I'll say is it's my magnum opus for now. There's if I can uh, if I can get there's a possibility of an event I want to run where I've talked to some people and if I can get that done I don't know if it'll happen but I can get that done with the connections I have and the the willingness to to, to spend a little bit of money and uh, time that that event will blow this one out of the water but we'll see if that happens uh, it's not it's not a, like a shot in the dark but it wouldn't say it's ultra likely. So how long have you been involved with Melee just from the beginning? Because I love talking about origin story stuff. If you listen, you've listened to one or two of my podcasts. Oh, yeah. So you know yeah. I love hearing this. So I try to leave with it in the open, but we have so much to talk about. So for those of you who are just now getting to this part, you can breathe a sigh of relief just like I am. Itos, how'd you get into Melee? All right. So I've actually been in the scene longer than most people know. Because I'm 22. Most people are like, oh, you've probably been in the scene, you're, you know, you know, 2018, maybe you're a slippy kid. How'd you, where'd you come from? Like I showed up to Minnesota locals in 2022 and they're like, who is this guy? I've actually been watching Melee since 2014. Apex 2014 was my first tournament ever watched. I got into Melee, weirdly enough, through Super Mario Sunshine speedrunning. And everyone goes, oh, you got in through Tillin. No, I got into Super Mario Sunshine before Tillin was running the game. I don't even think he ran the game when I got into Melee, actually. Or at least was a top runner. Maybe he had just started, but I didn't care about players that were like outside the top top 200. So I watched that, and I might have been Fire Dragon six uh, seven six four. Shout or... out to Schmies, by the way. We love Schmies. I love Schmies. <laughs> Sorry uh, to cut you off. <laughs> no, absolutely uh, worth it. Uh, but got into that through that. So I, you know, they said like, hey, there's a huge event happening this weekend. You know, and I was like, what is this? You know, and I loved a lot of Nintendo speedrunning, uh, Mario Sunshine and Super Mario 64. And as you know, you probably know by now, there's a huge overlap between those those communities. There's a big overlap, actually. Um, so that ended up happening. I watched it. I kept kind of watching in secret, not like secret, but not involved uh, for the next like three or four years or so. I would say three years or so. Um, because I was, you know, I was young. I was 14, 15, 16. I didn't have a car. You know, couldn't go to locals or anything. Minnesota wasn't good. Like the best player was Slayer. I love Slayer. Logan, I love you if you're listening to this somehow. But uh, I mean, you, we talked about this. You weren't like you never traveled. You know, you weren't. You were probably pretty in the top 100. I really started to get in the game in 2017. Absent Page was getting good around the time. It felt like, oh my God, there's a Minnesota player I can root for. Because I never really rooted for anyone. I mean, my favorite players of all time were, were Arzu and Armada, um, which I can talk about later if you want. But those were my favorite players of all time. And then it was Absent Page came along. I was like, oh my God, there's a Minnesota player who actually is good at the game, and like really good. I mean, he was coming on the scene fast, like, he was in the come up at the same time Zane was. Like, they, they both played for, I remember talking about this, they both played for about four and a half years. Uh, in that time, it was unheard of. Now everyone, you know, in-gen got good in 
a year and a half, right, with Slippy and all these tools. But back then, 2017, it was unheard of that he, he was that good so fast. Right. Especially with a character like Fox, you know, his name was Marth, you know. Um, so he was getting good. I was like, oh, my God, I could follow a lot. Started getting super involved with, like, uh, Save is Untitled in that group. And so once I got in, in a super into Save is Untitled, I ended up joining Melee Stats Discord about two weeks after it was created in 2018, actually. Um, I was pretty involved for about a year or so. Don't look back at my logs, please. They're terrible. Like, Practical Task literally thought I got banned at some point. Like, not because they're, like, bad, bad, but just because they're cringe. Like, I was an 18-year-old that was, like, pretty immature, and it was it was pretty bad. So I I was around pretty actively talking about almost exclusively only about Absent Page in 2018, 2019. Took a step back in 2019. Uh, for a year, just with college, uh, college being a big deal, mm-hmm. I was playing four esports for my university. I was involved with other, you know, sports and a lot of other stuff. I've, I was living a pretty busy life, so mainly took a bit of a backseat at that point. And then I ended up, uh, you know, getting back into the game around Slippy time. I think I didn't. I still don't play. I still really don't play. I'm an O2 Fox main because I just retired from esports nowadays, but. I'm super involved in the stat stuff, and what I decided to do this year is I was like, hey, let's do some stat stuff. I'm a, I'm a coder. I'm a software engineer. I finished my degree. I've got a bunch of experience in Python. I wrote the, the, uh, the uh, Smash, EG, uh, Smash EG API wrapper at StartGG now, uh, and I was like, hey, let's do something with this. So I ended up writing some stat stuff, just start writing some maps. I've always loved maps. I'm a geography, a history guy. I was like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's combine the two, the maps with the, with the stats for Melee. And it ended up just popping off. Like, it got a lot of lot of retweets. I mean, I had, like, tweets that got, like, 8,000 likes with 2,000 retweets. Mm. You know, it started popping off, and I just started getting known for that. And, like, the people in Melee Stats have known me for know me for four or five years now. And uh, so it's a little different they know, but, like, not a lot of people have known me for that long. Also, I will also mention my old Twitter got deactivated, actually, um, in, like, 2019 because of the fact that I put my birthday in when you could add your, they added the birthday feature. And I actually registered for a Twitter account before I was 13 on my original account. So they deactivated it right away. And I was like, <laughs> damn. So I had to create a new Twitter. That Twitter had like 300 followers, 400 followers. Most of them were Sunshine people. Because so back in the day, I was super involved in Sunshine. I probably, they people like said, I knew more about the game than anyone that didn't play it. Because I still didn't play that game either. So <laughs> I kind of just jumped around from that community to this community and started getting super involved again. So that's, I guess that's kind of a long, but a uh, good origin story, I guess, for myself. It is a good origin story. You have to go through a little bit of time of just participating at like a smaller scale. But then when you start trying to get out there, you go, all right, how do I let the people know that I'm out here without being awful at it? And it's just so hard. Like I created a Twitter a long time ago and I never used it. But then when I started to get to, when I got into Melee towards the end of 2018, and in 2019, I'm fiending for Melee. I'm watching Melee. Still not playing because, you know, I didn't want to yeah. enter. I was too nervous to do that. But I'm watching Melee. I'm following all these top players now. And I'm trying to heart every tweet or try to comment something. And I go, what do I say? I don't know what to say. Good. It's so tough. Good job when they win. <laughs> I don't know what go, else to make, say Make sure otherwise. to go ask them for a picture when they lose. <laughs> Your top players love that. Well, I thankfully didn't do that when I actually went to uh for real for real tournament. You know what I did at one of the locals last year in 2021, one of my first times commentating our local, I was talking about the game. I'm having fun. I'm not 
someone who knows everything about melee so i could be i'm making conjectures i'm like this is probably a thing or that's probably not a thing when the person the two people playing are playing against each other doing their thing and one of the players I mean, we're, we're all less than 10 feet apart, the commentators and the, and the players playing the match, and he was just so upset with me. <laughs> yeah, I made that mistake, <laughs> but I didn't make the, oh, can we get a picture real quick? I did not make that mistake when I went to Pounder or any of the other tournaments so far. That's about as bad as you can get. That's probably the worst mistake you can make if you're a newcomer to the scene is go asking a top player. I mean, even I'm like friends with like, you know, I'd say friends with J-Mook, uh, I'm friends with Ben, I'm friends with Preeminent, right? Whenever they lose, I am not talking to them. I am, like, walking away like I didn't see the match. You know, mm -hmm. I, I am, I, because the last thing they want to do is talk about it. They just want to sit in sorrow for a bit, and then they'll be fine five minutes, five, ten minutes later. But if they're a top player and you don't know them well, leave them alone for 30 minutes or so. Don't even, just, like, just leave them alone. Don't, don't do that. Right. The last thing on their mind is talking to somebody who they haven't heard of before. Like, I don't even know you. Let's not do the whole consoling thing into picture combo. That's the worst combo ever, IRL. So especially picture. Like, oh my god. I was talking <laughs> those to Mogi pictures after Evo 2016. Did you <laughs> see was, those? <laughs> yes, I cannot believe there was two of them. There has to be a third somewhere. Someone has to have a third one. <laughs> god, but like, I was talking to Mogi about this at Genesis. Um, we were at Guildhouse, both a little drunk. I'm talking about him, like, because I was talking to him at the venue like once, and for like five minutes. And every time I talked to him, like within like every thirty seconds or so, someone would come and be like, "Hey, can I get a picture, of Moki?" And do that picture, and then leave, not talk to him at all. And I was like, "Do you ever feel like an animal in a zoo?" He's like, "Yeah, kind of sometimes." And I, it would just feel so weird. Like, just think about how weird it is from their perspective. How weird you, would you feel if you were, you know, whoever was considered doing that? How would you, weird would you feel? You just lost what is basically probably your livelihood in a match, and you're like, oh, I feel awful. And the guy comes up, hey, can I get a picture? I don't know you at all, but can I get a picture, please? It's like, not the right time, man. Not the right time. Speaking of Guildhouse, somebody, one of my patrons had a question about that, so we are going to get to other patron questions soon, but I want to make sure... Okay, so we got a question from Oates, who runs the Major Z. Oh. Where did you learn how to dance, Etos? Was it when you were cutting a rug at the guild house on one of the Genesis nights? Oh, God. I can't dance. Dude, I don't think I can dance. If I danced at guild house, I don't remember it. That was, um... <laughs> I mean, the Yard podcast did literally describe me as the drunkest man alive that night, Saturday night. <laughs> I don't remember half that night. That night was insane. Um, I don't, I don't think I can dance. I mean, I mean, look, I see Moki dance. Moki can, Moki can, Moki can smooth on the dance floor, kind of, but only when he's like a little buzzing. But he doesn't know it. I, I think he does not. Maybe I'm the same way. But I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think anyone will see my dance moves. It's only when your eyes go blank and people go, "Oh, that's not Etoss anymore. That's somebody else entirely who's now hey, going to go to the dance floor." If you were somehow seen NJ's finest as me, even though you know he looks nothing like me at all. That you know, that's great. NJ's finest, shout out NJ's finest. Great dancer, great, da like incredible. No matter what song came on at the Guildhouse, he would just he would just kill it. Different dance moves, not even the same thing. Incredible dancer. So I want to talk about the, all the melee stats type stuff that you get into, but most notably, I think something that's going to be a very hot topic once the official rankings of the summer of 2022 come out, they will explode in in discourse if not already, but. You are on the MPGR ballot for the summer of 2022. Sort of. Sort of. I'm sort you, of on You it. had a provisional ballot. What is, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's start with that. What the heck does that mean? 
So that means basically if you do a good job, you'll get a full ballot either, you know, at the end of the year or next summer or whatever. I talked to Dark Genix about it. Like a lot of people had this path uh, as well. A lot of stats nerds. Ta- uh, top players should just get a ballot if you ask for it, which I'm just going to say it kind of whack. I, I get it, but kind of whack. When you there's see some of movement- these tweets, you go, wait a minute, we're giving ballots to those people? Yeah, there's been a kind of a movement between the stats nerds to kind of be like, hey, we shouldn't give top players ballots at all. Um, but that may be a little extreme. I kind of agree with it, but it may be a little extreme. Even Kadoran said on his stream, he was like, yeah, I don't know if we should give top players ballots. There's just too much bias. I mean, we have our own biases as stat guys, but I, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. But nonetheless, I'm, I have a provisional ballot this year. Uh, I'm very confident in my ability to do the ballot. Uh, after seeing all the people's ballots be as chaotic as mine, I felt way less bad. Uh, um, so, yeah. Okay, so let's pull it up here. I'm going to just... And I have to tell all the audio listeners you're in luck in terms of not needing to see this. But if you go on to at ETOST on Twitter and scroll back far enough, you will find the MPGR ballot and you can look along with us. For those of you who are watching, you're just going to look at me looking at the screen. Okay. So at number one, you have Zane. Why is that? Uh, well, let's, let's go over. I'll just say Zane versus Cody. I have Cody number two. This is a pretty clear argument for one and two they both won two majors they both uh there's one set between them there's not a lot of data between them at all the thing about zane that makes for me that pushed zane over cody and i think for most people is his ability to like generally until double down basically not lose to anyone outside of the tops the clear top seven there's a clear top seven and then an eighth and then it goes down a bit so his ability to not lose to the, anyone outside of that was was pretty pretty insane and very consistent. Whereas Cody's got losses to Swooper in Nightclub VIP. He's got uh, Aklo loss. He didn't he did not do well function. And no matter if he wants to count, look, Cody, I love you, but you can't just say I'm only counting the wins at function and Nightclub VIP. It's it's not how it works. Sadly, you know, it it does make me wonder like, will people? Uh, be like, hey, maybe top players, top players shouldn't enter regionals. And that would suck. But I would kind of get it from his perspective. But hey, he just beat Zane at Phantom. If the ballot were to, would have been pushed back one more week, he would be almost unanimously everyone's number one, I think. So well, having two sets over Zane helps push that over the edge. Because like you said, major, right? because like you said, it was only one set at Genesis 8 that Zane and IBDW actually played against each other that you were looking at for the, yeah. from, uh, you know, you get it like the end of April or end of, sorry, end of March through Double Down. Yeah, it was, it was, a, and it was a great set too, by the way. What a hell of a set. I watched that in person live. What, maybe one of the highest sets of like caliber of Melee we've ever seen played in that set. They were both playing amazing in that set. But those two players were super close for me. I think, I've said this before, I expect, I think almost every ballot I've seen for someone who has a provisional ballot or an actual ballot has Zane at number one. Um, I think even Cody's ballot had Zane at number one. I could be wrong in saying that. But I think everyone has Zane at number one as the rankings ended. Like I said, they may be out of date by the time they come out. I think Practical Task said August 8th is the day they come out. Um, so, but Content. yeah, that was a super close decision. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I think Ambi Sinister was tweeting that it's it's kind of weird how one weekend sort of changes the ballot, but we're not going to count Phantom. That's just how yeah. it is. I'm excited yeah. to see the official rankings, but okay, okay, okay. I'm going to continue this bit. You have Jay Mook at number three. Why is that? 
All right, so you might call it bias, whatever. Hungry Bucks versus uh, and Lefe and Jamie are all pretty close. What what I realize, and I think most panelists realize, is even before Double Down, when most people did their rough drafts, and we're gonna adjust after Double Down, realize, look, Jamie's got the second best head to heads. Like you don't rank off. One of the things that I think that people think is uh, newcomers to the scene do badly is they think that like panelists rank off placements. We don't. That's never a thing. Placements placements only matter if you win. That's generally the sentiment from 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 top uh, panelists and stuff. And like when I see Hungrybox doing like ba- his you know his own ballot, not actually a ballot, but his ranking with with placements, it kind of makes me cringe because it's like one guy could have gotten seventh and lost to the first and second best player in the world, and one guy could have gotten seventh and lost to you know the thirty third and the you know the sixtieth best player in the world. And one person, you know, beat like the first, had a win over the first, the best player in the world, and the second best player in the world, and the other person got seventh, beating like no one who had the better tournament, even though they placed the same. But placements are super not a great way to, you know, rank players. But for Jamook and Hungerbox and Left and Stake, Jamook had the second best head-to-heads, and I think there's an argument to be made that after Double Down, he may just straight up have the best head-to-head. Like he has no losing record except for Mango Amsta. And uh, Hungerbox. Hungerbox is the clear roadblock. Um, says only once uh, as two sets, but I th- one or two sets, but I think he could beat him. He's going to learn the matchup more. It's unfamiliar. Uh, and Mango it was a three-two set. It was close, but it's still a loss. But every other person, you know, Zane and uh, IBDW and Hbox, and all have like bad losses. Hbox has a Kalindi loss, who I think is probably going to finish outside the top thirty. You know, IBW has a swooper loss. He's going to finish in around 25. Zane's got slug and uh, slug and Amsa losses now as well. So, and he has the head-to-head over Zane and IBW, the number one of two players in the world. Like, there's an argument that he has the best head-to-head set of anyone there. And for Hungerbox's one major win, and Leffen's one major win with no activity, it wasn't enough to push either of them over Jmook for me. I've seen Jmook as low as five on ballots. I haven't seen him below five. Um, I think he'll finish three or four. But I do not think he'll finish lower than three or four. That'll be the highest ever debuting spot on the top 100. Beating Bananas at number 19 yeah. was the previous record. And that is something that I don't know that we'll ever see again because part of it has to do with the fact that rankings have not been a thing since the end of 2019. Of course, we've had the pre-GR and all that stuff, but yeah. we haven't had the actual... Predator. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't had this actual real balloting system going off of offline results only and and even including locals and all that fun stuff. By the way, if you don't want a result or a head-to-head matchup to be considered, then I wouldn't even say be selective about the tournaments. Maybe just don't play Melee at all because something that matters in the community from a competitive perspective is rankings. And when you put yourself out there, literally... It kind of is what it is. But I heard you talking about development potential in, in JMOOC when you were talking about having a losing record against AMSA during this ranking period, but you say you feel confident that he'll figure it out. That's all fine and well. But in this period, AMSA did have the head-to-head, right? Yeah. I know that's not um, enough to lift AMSA above four, three other people, including JMOOC, <laughs> to be the third spot, by the way. I realize yeah. that. But I'm curious about how you... How you Okay, justify may also be the wrong word, but Jmook has a losing record against Hungrybox and against Amsa, both of whom are would be ranked below him. Is it just going back to the argument of saying Hungrybox has worse head-to-head records and so does Amsa? 
Yes, that's almost completely what it is. Uh, and Leffen, Leffen probably has better head-to-heads, but Leffen also has losing record to JMook, and he just doesn't enter anything. There's not enough data. You gotta punish someone at some point for not entering anything. Obviously, he's overseas and had a bunch of problems. So it's weird. I can see an argument for Leffen as high as number three. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it. I think all those players are pretty close. Um, it's been a super hard ranking season because we don't have a bunch of data. But yeah, for Amistad and HBOX specifically, they've got a lot of bad losses that are way worse than Jamu's worst loss, which is Mango. Um, and they don't have the head-to-heads that he does against Cody, and both of them have losing head-to-heads against Cody and Zane. Uh, and Jamu has winning head-to-heads against Cody and Zane, which I value more than, you know, the one game he played against Amsa. And uh, maybe HBOX has a pretty dominant head-to-head over Jamu at this point. But I don't think that that alone pushes him over. I do think it's close, and I think there's an argument to be made. But I think Jamu's head-to-head at the top level are just too good to, even with Hungrybox's win at Gommel, uh, to do it. I have a question about Slug, because you can't count the Phantom result, but Slug is pretty high here for having, I would say, not a lot of national tournaments under the belt for the first half of this year. Was it just purely based off of what you were able to see for regionals that he was able to attend, things like the Function 2 and that such? Yeah, and I will say Double Down helped him a lot. I think if, without Double Down, he, he doesn't finish top 20. Beating Zane is a huge win. Like, Zane may still, you know, maybe number two in the world after this weekend, I guess, with the presumptive number two, but number one in the rankings, probably. Um, but beating Zane, like, a th- we, we talked about this with Edwin, uh, Edwin Buddy and SF, two members of Melee Stats. Salt was asking us, he's like, hey, if I would have beat Zane at Summit, how much higher would I be in the ranks? We're probably, we're like 10 a to lot, 15. A lot higher. Like, beating <laughs> so Zane is, is massive. He does not lose to anyone. If you beat Zane, you're not a, you're not a top 10 player. It's basically unheard of at this point. So Slug beating Zane is, it was huge for him. And I think he'll, he'll finish top 20, sure, for sure. Um, also, funny enough, he didn't go to Phantom, but he did go to the Trail Invitational and lost to Chudat. He lost to Chudat and someone else. So he did not have a good weekend, actually, last weekend, funnily enough. So Chudat, he's Chudat's just going to do that to people. Yeah, I don't, and I think Ditto, too, weirdly enough, yeah. But I think he's he's thanking thanking heavens that he uh that the next weekend did not count for him. Cody's <laughs> wishing it did, and Slug's like, thank God it didn't. So you have more numbers here than what you technically needed, am I correct? Isn't it, aren't we only doing top fifty? Yes. So they said generally rank like fifty one players as minimum. I ranked everyone besides Palpa. Sorry, Palpa, you're my goat. I love Palpa. They he just didn't attend anything. Um, but I had to rank everyone else as much as I could and tried to, you know, say, you know, who's better here, who's better here, whatever. Um, yeah. I'll say I'll go into this briefly and just say I tweeted this out the other day. But it seems like every panel panelist I've talked to, except for Edwin, I think, or some I don't, I don't know, Emma, someone someone had the same one through ten in some order, uh, with Zane number one, Cody number two, J Mook, Leffen, Amsa kind of their own tier, but J Mook mostly at number three. Uh, and Leffen and Hungrybox switched around. Sorry, not Amsa, Hungrybox and Leffen. Plup and, Oms, Plup and Oms were really close. Most people's ballots were six and seven. Lod was the easiest person to rank on the ballot. I don't know if you've seen tweets about this. Like, Chop a meme tweeted about He's like, here's my ballot. Zane number one, Cody number two, the rest. Lod number eight, the rest. Lod was the easiest person to rank on the ballot. DarkGenX suggested that anyone that didn't rank Lod eighth should be stripped of their ballot and should be banned from ever having one again. And you know what? He's right. <laughs> it is so easy to put Lot at eight. You don't have to, you think you see this for three seconds, you're like, ah, oh, he's number eight. Um, and most people had Nanakador in there. 
but then also 11 through 10, 11 through 20, almost everyone had the same numbers. 11 through 20 was super similar. I have Moki a little bit lower than most people have Moki, and I have Aklo a little bit higher than most people have Aklo. But those numbers are generally around the same. And then about everyone else has the same, like, 21 through 27 with, like, Magi, Pissweek, S-Fat, Sweeper, Spark, Swift, Null. I have KGH up there because I value the H-Box win really heavily. But I saw people that didn't have him in their top 30 or maybe, like, lower their generally like around 40 or 35 or so but those seven players i just listed i've i've seen them almost every ballot in those in those rankings and then there's a a pretty clear drop off after that so who on here that would be outside of top 20 territory do you look at and say i really hope or i am predicting even if you want to call it a prediction if you want to make a prediction who outside of the top 20 has the best chance of going really high into top 10 territory or top five territory for the second half of the year. Second half. Ooh, outside of top 20, that's tough. Because it would be very hard to do. Yeah. If, if anyone will, so Polish is on my number 20 spot right now. Um, <laughs> and I think Polish is at a lot of people's number 20 spots right now, 18 to 20. If you count them, then they're probably the heavy favorite. Polish is really, really good and obviously was probably number nine on people's ballots last year, uh, even though it was just the contenders list. You know, they didn't have actual numbers. So Polish is a really good shout. Uh, they're a sick Peach player. I mean, they're so – I love their play. Their play is so, so fun to watch. Um, another person I'd say to look out for a lot – we haven't seen a lot of Swift. We haven't seen a lot of Spark. Both those players in that 21 to 27 range I talked about, really, really good. Everyone thinks Spark's really good. We haven't seen him. I think he moved back to Pakistan. I'm not sure about that. Um, but he's really good. Um, outside of that, I don't see anyone making the jump to top 10 really, uh, this year. Uh, I don't think anyone else really got a chance. Maybe Pipsqueak, because Pipsqueak's cracked out of his mind, but he doesn't travel enough. Magi is really good as well, obviously, but he just tends to rack up weird, like bad losses. Like he lost a Vu, which may be the worst loss that anyone in the top 50 has actually. Um, that's probably not true, but a top 30 for sure. So. It's really hard to say, but everyone thinks Salt's going to be a top 10 player in a year or so. I don't think he'll finish top 10 by the end of the year. But everyone plays Salt friendly, Friendlies with Salt for an hour and goes, wow, this this person is going to be top 20, top 10, if not top 5, super soon, really free. And if you want to give me the actual answer, who's going to be top top 10, top 5 that's not on this, that's not in the top 20? It's Wizard because he's not on the ballot. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, yeah. <laughs> oh, we really hope that Wizrobe comes back as soon as possible, albeit safely as well. He's registered he's for uh, Smash Factor. Chape wants to play him. He's excited to play him, so hopefully he goes. Yeah, I hope so. I, I think that Wizrobe definitely was registered for a lot of events at first and has been just slowly, as the events come up, not going to be able to make this one, not going to be able to make this one, but I hope soon. And then I look at somebody like Laud who is going to have that kind of that kind of career moving forward unless some serious effort is put into to get out to say at least five majors a year and being able to do it throughout the year while posting up good results to maintain an eight spot it's not going to happen in the final 2022 year so let's say that law doesn't go to any more events this year which is possible i don't know law's schedule or like what if he's going to try to attend something big maybe one more tournament like big house but let's just say that doesn't happen. Let's say that this is it. How far, how far, how far does Lod fall with only having a half year of results? I don't think he even qualifies. I don't think he'll have enough results. I think the the threshold right now is is two majors or one major and two regionals. 
Lod has two because he has pound and genesis, but summit invitationals don't count for actual um re attendance requirement. Summit won't count for an attendance requirement. I think the the my guess will be it'll be three or four. What practical has said he'd like whatever however many you know whatever the number is to give us top 100 players. But I think <laughs> it'll probably be three or four majors, and I don't know if Lod will hit that. Let's say Lod hits. You know, three or four, like hits the minimum requirement, uh, and they they make it. He makes it on the uh, MPGR. He'll probably slide down to the top twenties, but his his wins are too good, and then he has like no bad losses. It's too hard for me to see him sliding farther than twenty, even maybe even fifteen. He keeps it up at the rate he's at, just because of uh, how many losses everyone else has. Like everyone in the eleven to ten range right now has a bunch of bad losses that are way worse. Way worse than Lod's worst law. And so Lod basically for Lod well. to stay on the list in general because it's either not qualifying or attending something like Shine and Big House. See, uh, yeah. you know, those are, those are, those are, I mean, come on, Lod. <laughs> I would love to I'm see. I'm Brady's there, man. We love to see, we love to see Lod. Great player. Yes, Great player. absolutely. Absolutely. For me, in terms of a top, outside of top 20 player to potentially break in, break far, I, I just try to look at somebody who's up and coming and maybe Salt just accelerates the timeline or maybe, and this feels so unlikely, but if I say it now and it happens, I'm going to clip this. I'm Not a genius. Yeah. Who do you think I'm thinking of? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, there's so many good players, but I, I don't know who you're thinking of that's like top 20. Because top 10. Somehow Axe. turning it all around. Somehow. Yeah. In some bizarre that. way. That would I be would that. the most insane thing to happen. Because it took Hungrybox over a year to turn it around. And yeah. so it would be very difficult. So difficult for Axe to be able to do that. But let's say, for instance, Axe starts poking into top eights. That's that You start to get wins if you're making top eights at majors. So... If, would... if, he, if, he, if he beat Zane, he'll probably be up there. Like, that's the thing. He's got to win. <laughs> he hasn't beaten Zane. Zane hasn't beaten him in a long time. I just think it's so tough for Pikachu right now. Yes. I'm going to be honest to talk to people about this. It's it's so tough for Pikachu right now, especially that Axe kind of plays an older school Pikachu. Like, we thought, you know, Axe was the only way to play, play Pikachu for so long, the way he plays. And then Swift came around. And Swift plays completely differently, Pikachu. And then you have the awful matchup of Puff, where I think Puff nowadays is borderline unwinnable for Pikachu. I mean, at a top level, at least. I mean, you saw, you know, go Fox against Palpa at, uh, at LTC. Yep. Uh, because that matchup is just not good. It is not good for Pikachu. Um, so if he gets the right bracket, maybe, but I, I, I just... And with how he's playing recently, I don't know if I could see him in cracking. I think Swift is a more likely Pikachu to crack into the top 10 than, than Axe is right now. As sad as it is to say, because I love Axe. But that seems more, Swift seems more likely to make top 10 than, uh, than Axe does anytime soon. And then another insane thing to point out is that I don't think that there is another Puff besides Hungrybox all the way until Toussaint and who you have Toussaint at number 38 for your ballot. Is that... Is that... such a weird player, man. We yeah, talked yeah. about this... Was... Like, I've talked about this people before. He does so well in nightclubs. In nightclubs, he's great. But most people don't count locals because they, they're kind of weird to count. And unless you have a lot of... Like, not enough data, you prefer to count majors and regionals. He, the performances at majors and regionals have not been good, but then in state he's incredible. He did just win the trail invitational over Zamu and Bayflex and a lot of that. That that helps him out a lot, but mm -hmm. it's so weird. I mean, I think that he's probably the second best puff in the world right now. Um, 
It's probably him. Then I guess Palpa, probably, who most people probably don't know, just because Palpa has never left Texas. He's never played in a tournament outside of Texas, but he's probably been top 50, <laughs> top 100 for sure for the last like three years, but he just doesn't enter anything. He only enters Austin locals and Texas regionals and majors. He's really good, though, and goes Fox for the Puff Ditto, actually. And his Fox for the Puff Ditto is really, for the Puff uh, matchup is really good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they then pronounced her to saying, if I recall correctly, just wanted oh, to really? make sure we, yeah. I noted that. I'm not trying to got you or anything. I just wanted to make sure I said something. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. That's my bad. Prosperity. So this is just so cool to see finally in, in, a, in, in front of us what a list of 2022 top level melee players are. And like you were saying earlier of how hard it is to get data, even though there have been so many events, it's it's just I, there are very few players on this list who have been present or accounted for in any capacity for the majors that we've had this year and all the majors that we're going to have for the rest of 2022 is that there will be there will be hitters who are going to be missing and then you get to an event like Genesis where you can reasonably assume that three quarters or maybe even close to all of them will be present and accounted for because it's Genesis, that kind of event. But even then you might not get the matchups that you want where you as a data analyst person, a stats person go, can I please see slug versus, can I please see Kadoran versus, especially like East to West coast matchups or please, more importantly, Zanax, they, like, come on, man. Zanax, that's, all we, that's all everyone wants. Give me Zanax. <laughs> even as the active current state, like, come on. At this rate, you'd have to have that be like the end of a pool. <laughs> Put Axe and Zane yeah. in the same pool. Yeah, because yeah, Axe would be like 32nd seed and Zane would be like first. So, you know, they could play. Mm. Probably more likely now than it has been in the past just because the seeding's weird right now. It is weird. Oh, speaking of, uh, we should probably talk about Mango being outside of your top 10, which to me makes sense. There are some people who are saying, oh, well, you can't drop somebody that far down. And I go, well, has it, has Mango's results been top 10 this year? Have they been? So you were the person who willingly and boldly put it out there. No, I don't think that Mango had top 10 results for this year so far. So why would you say that is? He's still, uh, amount of losses. He's got bad head-to-heads against everyone above him, basically. And he's got a lot of bad losses. Um, I don't really know I have them on me right now. But I uh, I did see he's when I was going through it he just versus like someone like Nun or Kadoran was a lot more consistent and had a lot better wins. Um, I've seen I won't say who, but I've seen like ten or so ballots. I've seen ballots with Mango as low as fifteen. Like Mango will not make the top ten this year. I'm gonna say it right now, a hundred percent certainty. There's no way he makes top ten unless all these top players are putting him at like five because they're like, oh, it's Mango. He's so good. We we play against him in friendlies. But which is I mean, possible? Fizz, fizz, yeah, it's possible. Like Fizzwiggle didn't make the ballot when he when he when he uh, you know, when Mega lost him. Like Fizzwiggle's not even on the ballot. Like I don't know. It's just so tough for Mango right now. That everyone's so good right now, and he has got a bad bunch. I mean, he's O one on the fiction, O two Hungrybox, O one IBW, O one Kadoran, um, O one Zane, and he's lost to Fizzwiggle. His best win is, let's see, he beat Mac, beat Nun. Nun's a good win. S2J's a good win. J-Flex, Jockman, J-Mook. Uh, he did, sorry, J-Mook's definitely his best win. For uh, sure. But everyone in that range kind of has those top three wins. Like, everyone below him, like, even if you go to my ballot, like, you know, Ginger has a plop win. Fiction has a, Fiction has uh, a mango, Fiction has just a lot of good wins. Around the, I don't remember who, exactly who's beat. 
Sluggers with Thane win. Aklo has an IBW win. S2J has, S2J has a Hungrybox win. Everyone around that range has those wins. It's not like he's got some crazy head-to-heads against like Zane or IBW. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Mango even not finish 11th. I think he will finish exactly 11th, but I wouldn't be surprised if he finished 12th or 13th on the, on the final rankings. And do you see that being a turnaround instance for the rest of the year? Because Edwin Budding of Melee Stats, who we've mentioned a couple times already, definitely yeah. believes in the in the 2019 arc where Mango was not having great results and then all of a sudden won Big House 9, won other events at, towards the end of 2019 and was pushing for the number one spot. I, I, I think it's possible, but to take Edwin's takes about Mango with a grain of salt, he may not admit it. Well, he'll admit it to you in person. I don't know if he'll admit it online, but he's a massive Mango fan. He loves Mango. Well, of course, so most of us do. <laughs> I'm not. A, I will say. I, I'll admit this openly on on podcast. I'm not a mango fan. I'm not a mango fan at all, actually. Uh, not even like my top three favorite Falcos. And I'm also not a mono fanboy, so that probably hurts one of the reasons why. Oh, but I'm yes, not a mango fan. Sense. But there's other reasons why. It's not just his play or you know, Amada. Uh, but I won't go into those. I don't want to start crashing some people or whatever. You know, stating all my all my wild opinions. But it's definitely possible, but the biggest roadblock for him right now is is uh is Zane. He's lost the last six sets like three zero. Like he just cannot take a game off Zane in 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 the bracket. It's bad. And as far as I'm concerned, Zane's not going to lose anyone regularly besides I Cody and Jmook and maybe Leffen, but Leffen doesn't go any anything. So and maybe Plop, but like I think he'll be seeding in Zane a lot. He'll be seeding in Zane a lot because we ninth or eighth seed a lot of tournaments, or you know. Or like whatever seventh seed, and he's gonna play Zane, and I just don't see him beating him. I just don't see a way Mango beats Zane in his current form, even with Zane, you know, losing Thomas Cody. Just I don't see it happening. So, other than Jay Mook being the next player to win a major, who would you have to be the next player to win a major? Hmm. That's that's so tough because it doesn't feel like. Like, Jamu kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we knew he was top 20, probably, people with melee stats, but it's so tough to say someone's going to win a major. I want to say Amsa, but Amsa has so many roadblocks. But, I mean, hell, everyone has so many roadblocks. You want to say Moki? Because Moki, you know, had fourth LACS. You know, Moki, when he's at his peak, looks like the best fox in the world. And, you know, he's there's one or two stocks where you're like, wow, this guy is incredible. It's so hard to say. I mean, I think Amsa's the safe answer. But I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Kadoran or Fiction win it as well, or Slug if he gets the right bracket. Slug's a good answer if he gets the right bracket. He gets a lot of Sheiks and a lot of Marths and not Falcos. You can avoid Falco, and you can avoid, you know, like, I don't know, Ganon, but not Ganon's like, I'm challenging him. <laughs> you can avoid, like, Fal- uh, Falco and Ox and Falcon. I mean, Fox, you can win, but, like, if you can avoid Falco and Falcon... He's got a good chance at like going really far out of major, and who knows? Maybe he'll be playing Cody. I mean, he's beaten Cody online before. He three would him online, so yeah. it's you. He could definitely Slug is probably gonna answer too. So my answer is probably Amsta or Slug or I think Kadoran probably my answers. And of course, you're rooting for Jmig to be that player as well. Oh no, he, it's not even a it's not even a question whether uh, you know whether he'll win a major. It's when he just needs to get the right bracket or figure out Hungrybox because he's not gonna get Amsta every time. If you have one roadblock in Amsta. That's not a big deal. One roadblock you can deal with. Oh, Two sure. Two roadblocks makes it a lot harder. So yes. if you can figure out HBox, then I think you can because I know Ben beat him 9 3 in, 20, in 2021 online. Or Ben not having as much success this year on, on the IRL side of things against Hungerbox. Yeah, I think 
it definitely can win. I mean, both those stats, I've watched both Bennett versus Hbox and Jamek versus Hbox at Gommel, and both of them had times where it's like, wow, these guys can learn from each other. And also, also like times where they just got clutch boxed on. It just happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got to prevent the clutch factor. And if you can do that, you got a lot better chance. I mean, Jamek was up 1-0 in the second set and then got clutched rested in the second game and then lost 3-1. And Dreamland is so hard for Sheik. Dreamland is so tough for Sheik. She has no kill, uh, consistent kill options. It's so tough for Sheik. Um, so it's almost like a like I, I it's not as bad as like Marth Fox FD, but it's really really bad I think in my opinion. But that's almost like an auto loss. You know, like you can win it, and I like Jmook almost did. Yes. But that Sheik stage is so bad for Sheik. You have to outplay Pops so hard to win on that stage. So it feels like you're gonna at least lose one game there for sure. There's no way uh, I think it's that will go 3-0 and Ben or Jmook favor against Juan. So what I love about Jmook is not only just the fact that w- watching Jmook play Sheik makes me think that Sheik is uh, all of a sudden the coolest character in the game. And I wouldn't have I'm not a Sheik hater before Jmook's incredible runs at tournaments this year. I just would have said, uh, yeah, yeah, Sheik is pretty good. Sheik's pretty cool. The tech chases are cool, but uh, I think most people are like all of a sudden like, oh, watching Sheik is so much fun. Watching Jmook's Sheik is so much fun. That's that's all really fine and well, but what I especially like is the composure. I, I feel like Jmook has already won five majors and is just able to consistently place top eight, top four, that kind of thing, and is looking for the next one. It feels like it feels like in some weird way as if Jmook has already won five of these things and is just continuing to make the case to be, again, considered one of the best players in the world. So I agree with you. The when and where is really the only questions, not, not so much the if, but for someone who spent a long time not consistently pushing top 10, I mean, Jmook played a long time before finally having this year Maybe it's longer than what most of us will think, but I'm I'm predicting for sure that in 2022 that J Mook attends an event, he'll win it. I don't even think it's a question of if it's one. I think it's a question of it's two or three. Okay, well, you're, I, 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 I'm I don't, confident. Who? I'm confident he'll win more than one. I, I I think he in will. In 2022, to clarify, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I, I'm confident. I, I gotta look. I gotta first of all. I gotta back my boy. First of all, I, I, if I wasn't thinking this, like I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be saying it. Second of all, like I said, he's got maybe have the best head to heads on any player right now. He only has two clear roadblocks, and he hasn't got upset by anyone. Cody, Cody doesn't. Cody is uh, doesn't really have a roadblock right now. But Cody's also prevalent to losing to someone random like Swooper or Aklo. Right. I mean, obviously, both those are good players. But Jamek hasn't shown that. Even when Jamek was playing like trash. No offense, Jake. You know this. We talked about this. Versus like Smash Daddy and 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 didn't play well, that great against Josh either, you know he still still pulled off the set. His composure has really helped him out there. And Zane has clear roadblocks too, like and Jmook and Leffen and Plup and uh, I mean he's off the Amasa and Slug as well. Two other two other weird characters. And also having you know, to deal with IBDW seen... as well. Yeah, and Cody's beating him like black. I guess just beat him double eliminated in Phantom with three one three zero. So. I, I honestly think that he will win one, if if not two. I think I'm hoping that he wins them when I'm in attendance. Uh, let's hope that. So I'm hoping for Big House and the Summit back-to-back. I'm hopefully going to Summit. If not that, Smash World Tour. Uh, I'll be there for sure. I'm hoping he'll win, you know, when I'm in attendance, and that's that's the goal. So You're going to Big House? Hey, I'm from Minnesota. I'm Midwest. Everyone's going. I mean, like 25, 30. 
30 Minnesotans, hopefully, are going to that. And I'm going as well. All right. Well, I will you meet you in person there. And I will get to see how you gather crowds around you. One of, yeah, one of, apparently. One of, the, one of the struggles that Edwin has with interacting with you is how you just attract a crowd. I read that. It was funny. I'm, I'm just pretty extroverted and know a lot of people in the scene already and kind of ended up just hanging out with, like, 10-plus people all the time. Like, it, it doubled <laughs> down. I was was gambling out with some group with some group uh shout out church i love church shout out zeke from golden guardians rien uh alexis katsuna uh salami a lot of people i'm probably missing someone here and i'm i said church already i think but if i didn't say church church as well at me hung out with a lot of people at double down and gamble was a great time that's just so unlike me. I think Edwin and I are in the same camp where we're great with a smaller group of people. And then in a big crowd, it's like, we need to find our people and corner them and make them only interact with us. <laughs> I think that's a lot of smashers, though. That's why it's, uh, it's, it's why I've had people be like, hey, like, you know, I'm going to major with one of the Minnesota people. They're like, hey, like, you know, let's, let's go together since we're both pretty social. We'll, we'll, we'll get like 30 people, 40 people around us, you know, maybe not the best idea with COVID, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be masked up most of the time. So, you know, hopefully that'll alleviate that, but I'm very, very happy. I love being around a lot of people. I love talking, love being around a lot of people. So it's a great environment for me. So now we're going to get into the patron questions. So this will be our last segment for the evening. I th appreciate the time so far, East Austin. I hope that you're good with going for a little bit longer here with some Patreon questions. Oh, absolutely. All right. So, we first of all got a shout outs from Gumball who who said, Oh, I met Etos briefly at Genesis. Tio's from Minnesota too, I think. Typically flies out one player per big event. Here's a question. Who's your white whale of who you would fly out to an event? As in someone who you think or someone who you don't think you'd ever get to actually show up, but it would be super cool to get them there. I already have my prediction locked in. Now you go. Who would you bring all right. out? Well, there's people I've talked to that I think I can get out there. I think the the weird thing I'll say is I think that I can get – I'm confident in my ability to, to – I don't know if schmooze is the right word, but I'm friends with enough people I can get people out there, especially if you offer to pay for their hotel and their flight uh, or their housing in general. I think the one player I would love to get out there that I would struggle to get out there – I'll say non-retired because my answer is Armada if it's anyone yep, can take it in the yep, world. I know. But, yep, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. he's retired, so <laughs> not going to say him. Answer for someone that isn't retired, I think there's like three or four people I couldn't convince to come to Minnesota, like by just themselves, or just like not by themselves, but just just if I don't know them well enough. It's probably just like Zane Mango Hbox. I think I could get a lot of. I think I could get Cody here if I get like a Jake here. If I get Jamuk here, I think I could get Cody here. And Cody's been in Minnesota before, so. But I think my answer is Zane. Love Zane. Really nice guy. I've talked to him before. Obviously, at the majors before. Shout out Gisos, by the way. Um, a lot of yeah, I think Zane's my answer for that question. Okay, because I was about to say Leffen, you might as well add Leffen to the list because I I pound Leffen was Leffen just like there, yeah. following Zane everywhere, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It was just like Leffen found his person, and it was Zane. <laughs> yeah, I guess Leffen. I guess Leffen and Amster are probably on that list. International players are a lot harder because oh, for sure, they're they're just more expensive. But I was thinking more domestic domestic players. I think mm -hmm. Armada is totally the number one answer. I think Zoo is actually my number two. I think Zoo would, as I said, Zoo is my favorite player of all time. But he's even playing again. I I went out to KBBQ with him and some other people at Double Down. And he was saying, he's like, I you know I know you're uh, I know I'm your favorite player. Like you'll love to hear this. I'm gonna be playing Falco again. I was like, oh, you've been playing Falco again. You know, I love your Marth, <laughs> but let's you know I love to hear him playing Falco again. So 
Well, yeah, you know, you know how well. it is with melee people, and you know this yourself. You try to get out, you just have to come back in. You can't help yep. it. Yeah, well, we'll see if he competes again, but he's a great commentator as well. I love listening to him commentate. So. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I think Zoo and Lovage, uh, I don't even know if they've been paired this year in terms of any capacity, but like that's who I think of when I think of somebody besides the pairing of, of hold on, hold on, Phil and Brandon. I just love, I just love hearing their perspective of some yeah. people who have been playing the game for a very, very long time who have all the, all the notes in their head about history, anecdotes, stories. <laughs> Very, yeah. very fun. And Scar is fun think... as well in that regard. It's also fun how Scar doesn't always 100% recognize the players that he's commentating. It's topics. funny. It's really Super funny. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> I, I will say also for answer that question that I I thought would be a white whale, but isn't, uh, would be Homemade Waffles, who is coming to 4M, actually. I got him to come, so he's going to commentate our top eight. Very so cool. Very cool. I'm very excited for that. That's awesome. Looking forward to at least trying to catch out a little bit, although I will be going down to... so. You have 4M. We, I'm going down with a carpooling with uh, some 717 players to M3, which is a Baltimore monthly being run by Bard, who's getting bones and some other good players out there nice. for out there for the Baltimore monthly. Looking forward to seeing what Baltimore continues to do, continues to do because there have not been big Baltimore tournaments, I think, ever. New York had a really long time where it was just locals and you couldn't even call any of them regionals. And then Ryobi, who has since stopped TOing, but shout outs to yeah. Ryobi for making the function and the function two happen and making them quasi majors. Super yeah. cool. And shout outs to Gene Dalla, who's trying to make events big in Philly. Creed was, was a nice sized regional that we had. Uh, I wasn't able to attend, but that was a month and a half ago or so that B-Bats won. B-Bats 6 owed to Saint in winners and grants. I know, grants. crazy. Mm-hmm. Shout mm-hmm. out Billy. Shout out Billy. Love Billy. <laughs> Beast Bats. Clutch Bats. And then, and then Baltimore. So these are these are the three cities that are kind of close to me. I guess Pittsburgh would be something as well, but uh, shout out to Gumball doing Fight Pit. I don't know if that will ever be major size, but... I just I just get tired of these Los Angeles majors being a thing, and I just want Tri-State to be more of a thing you want, again. <laughs> you want to know a fun fact? The reason why I want people to come to Minnesota, Minneapolis, people don't realize this, Minneapolis-St. Paul is the largest metro area in the U.S. to never have a melee major. Really? It's 16th biggest. People just don't realize that Minneapolis-St. Paul is a super big metro area. It's because we Minneapolis only has 450K people, but the metro area is 4.6 mil. It's bigger than, like, Denver. It's oh bigger than a lot gosh. of cities. I know Orlando. Like if I pull up the uh, biggest yeah, metro but Orlando's area. in Orlando. He tossed you. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. They just have perpetually warm weather. Like bigger than Tampa, bigger than San Diego, bigger than Denver, St. Louis, Orlando, San Antonio, Portland, Pittsburgh. All Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area is bigger than all of these. And yet, no major has ever happened there. Yeah, we're at 3.6 mil. We're at 3.6 mil. Like Pittsburgh, for example, is only like at 3. Uh, 2.3 mil. So they mm-hmm. got 1.2 less than us. We just, like I said, like a, it's like a tenth of our metro area is in the city, but the rest of it's we got a bunch of 80k suburbs everywhere. So a lot of people. So now we go on to the next question. We got this from Kreestab via Kreestab of Conduit Gaming. What are Ethos' thoughts on Melee's current methods of capturing and processing data, i.e. stage slash character picks, informed seeding, etc.? What does he think we can do better and what is worth improving? We'll just stop there because we'll have to go back to the other questions. Those are good enough. So in other words, 
thoughts on current methods of capturing and processing data and what can be improved as of right now? Uh, I will say shout out Chris Ab. Uh, great. I've worked with, worked with them before. Great. Uh, one of the things I will say about Melee is, as anyone who has used it know, Start VGG's API is kind of dog shit. It's kind of bad. I I've, I've probably have more experience in Start VGG's API than most people because I wrote the API wrapper for it. It's pretty bad. It has a lot of weird errors that don't make any sense. It duplicates matches, and it's just annoying. It's kind of bad to use. So that's one thing I'd say. Um, another thing I'd say is PG stats is kind of weird sometimes. I think it needs to be like I had like I thought I think Ambi myself and PG stats all separately had the same idea for a website at the same time about basically likes PG stats. We were all working on it, and then we had to throw I had to throw mine in the garbage. Ambi had to throw his in the garbage because PG stats came out before us. So just a a, a better place like. I think one of the things we could do for data that would help a lot is something like, I don't know if you follow Counter-Strike at all. Um, I do not. HLTV. Uh, it's been the homepage of Counter-Strike for like 10, 15 years where they have you know rankings there. They have articles every day. They have the new matches on the sideboard. You know, it looks like a professional you know professional website for Counter-Strike where we don't really have a homepage for Melee. <laughs> right. We don't really have a... It's Melee just has like random sites. Like PGSats is fine, but it doesn't really tell you much. And they're more focused on Ultimate, it feels like. So... Yeah, it's a, of course. It's a, I would say that, and in terms of like processing data, I don't know. I would love for there to be an actual like good rankings algorithm, but that's been hard to prove, hard to do. Um, read Ambi Sinister's, look up, I don't know what the actual article's called, look up like why ELO is bad for Melee competitively. And you'll understand why Hanky Panky is the GOAT, but also why ELO is bad for Melee and a lot of those crew skill rankings are also bad in general for, for ranking top players. But I would love to see something like that where you could get an actual good good idea of the rankings without having to pull panelists, even though I am uh, a panelist myself. An uh, aspiring super panelist. Tough for Melee. Uh, yeah, aspiring panelists. That's a good way to put it. Other than that, I would love to see more in-game stats be more available. You know, I think you can get them, but it's hard to see. I think it'd be very useful to have uh, for top players and coaches to like help people improve a lot. Uh, just like spacing charts, you know, like uh, heat maps on the stage, whatever. A lot of a lot of data I think can be pulled from the game that's still not being pulled from the game. I mean, hell, Uncle Punch has only really existed for like four or five years, I think, or so, where people have been really using it a lot. Uh, 2018, 2017. So like, who knows what will go in the future with with you know all the, all the stuff in game where we can get even more data. Okay, so I just realized that Freestab accidentally DM'd or not DM's posted the same question twice this whole message twice it was a it was an accidental double post so we don't actually have more questions from Kristab that rounds out the patreon questions except i did remember we have etos the homie but we also have etos goodbye dot 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 for now so i wanted you to come onto this podcast so you could tell me what the heck mean uh why you have to why you have to say goodbye for now you can get into it as little or as much as you want to but what i what i have a hard time doing is stopping with most of the things that i do and i get the impression that for you etos do you like to go all in as well but you also seem to have the wisdom to be able to pull back and say i need a break i need to do other things i need to not be like balls deep in melee so is that one of the big parts about taking a step back yeah I think part of it is that, but one of the biggest things for me, and I think a lot, I was talking with one of the members of my scene about this, who's also thinking of taking a break, 
I think what a lot of melee players don't realize, and I don't want me to sound like condescending or anything, is that like, like myself, I have a massive life outside of melee. Most of my, I would say ninety percent, ninety to ninety five percent of my life is spent in melee. None of my inner life friends are melee people. Um, I have friends with my scene, but like none of my close IRL friends are melee people. Uh, I don't. Everything I do with melee is a separate life almost. So it's it's a lot easier for me to to cut off than just you know like. I don't know. I couldn't stop hanging out, like playing Ultimate Frisbee with friends, because that's how I do that every week, like multiple times. It's a great thing to do. Ultimate Frisbee it, is very, very fun. Just very to make fun. that clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said most of my life is outside of melee, and I don't. I I think it's a not everyone. It's it's not that way for everyone, and maybe it's because I don't play the game or anything, and I'm retired from all the esports I used to play back in the day. I mean, I was I was very good at a lot of esports. I was very, very good. I was top 500 in North America for Overwatch. I was A plus ESEA for CS:GO. I was Legend in Hearthstone and Infinite Arena in Hearthstone. So I was very good at a bunch of different games, but I retired now and I just don't have the drive for it. I used to. And so I realized, hey, I need to step back and just know I'm... I'm Some of the things in Melee... I love the community, but I also hate the community at the same time for a lot of different <laughs> reasons. Uh, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Uh, you, so, uh, DQs from a TO perspective, you're... Sad. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a big, that's a big heartbreaking thing. Yeah, I will say communities appreciate your TOs more, please. You don't appreciate your TOs at all. Whether you you're waiting till five minutes before bracket to pre-reg, or you're paying at the door, and then you're complaining about your seating afterwards. Like God, please just it's it's not hard to make it easy on your TO's life, and also to make it easier for everyone else. But there's a lot of reasons. Those I've got some problems with people in my scene. Uh, just not not like actual like oh my god I hate them or hate them, but it's like more getting sick of people because I just you know, gotten sick of people after a while, see them three times a week or whatever, where, you know, interact in one specific environment or whatever. So that's a little tough. Uh, something I need to do in my personal life with family and friends and personal goals. I just started a job, my first job a month ago or so, so as well. So I got a lot of stuff to, to do in life that's not mainly related. And I realized I just need to step back for a bit. And you've done it before, and you could do it again. And yeah. when you come back, we'll all be very excited to see you again. Yeah, I'll be I'll be very happy to see everyone else. I think it'll be a really good time, and I'll I'll miss it. I'll definitely start missing it towards the end, but uh, I think uh, it's, it's definitely what I need to do. My, I may sneakily go to the top eight of a one major, of not to say which one, in the next two months, but not because I'm there for Smash, but because I'm probably visiting a friend who's not related to Smash, and I'm like, hey, if I'm there in the, the area, and if Jamu's going, like, I'll... I'll steer him on. I'll go. I'll steer him on. So, but other other than that, nothing planned for me in the next two months or so. Where see can me at Big House though? Oh well, of course, of course. And I will see you there. And I will. I mean, my social energy will not be nearly at the same rate as yours. But hopefully, you'll end up thinking to yourself in some capacity. Not all of the Megalite community is bad. Cipher's kind no, of they cool, are. We, but well, also lives in Pennsylvania. He's okay. It also lives in Pennsylvania. That's what sucks. Yeah. That is, you know, that's a red, big red flag for me. Mm-hmm. You ever been to shout Pennsylvania? Out, out, actually, no, but shout out Alice Climbers. I need to go to Pennsylvania. I need to visit Alice. I love, I don't know if you know Alice. Uh, he, no, I know Alice Climbers. Not because we, I've, I've interacted, but because, you know, proxy, you know, Twitter oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and discords and stuff. Good, yep. Really good friend of mine, and she's she's great, and I, she's from Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, so I'd love to go to a fight pit in the future, like next year, hopefully, if they have one. Uh, come ball, come be, ball. Yeah, Sorry, it's okay, Gumball. Yeah. You do what you gotta do, but I would love to visit Pennsylvania at some point. But it's especially to see Alice. Alice is a big homie, so 
All right. And are you going to be active on at East Host on Twitter for the next two months or are you going completely dark? Uh, probably pretty dark. If you know me well, you could follow my private Twitter, which I probably won't be as active on, um, but I'll probably be active talking about my actual life rather than melee stuff. Maybe like, you know, if Jay McQuinn's a major, I'll be like, hey, good job, Jake, and just you know, send a picture of thumbs up and just on my of main course, account. Of course, but, but th these pictures of food will not post themselves when you have a good meal. And No, exactly. Your, your you gotta private post somewhere. Twitter, yeah, your private Twitter. Yeah, Shout out to the void. Exactly. Or my personal stuff, but I don't give that out. I try to keep my personal stuff pretty separate from my uh, online life. I right. didn't even reveal my first name was Jeremy until like age 19. I mm -hmm. kept it super separate. So. I didn't face reveal until the it was last year. Yeah, I podcasted for a little while without doing any video stuff because I didn't have the resources to do it. But also because I was like, I don't want to do the whole face reveal thing right now, whatever, whatever. And now I'm very, very visible. It's all good, though. Somebody recognized me Looking at Pound good. off of my face, even though I had a mask on. I was very impressed. I was like, I would have such a hard time recognizing people that I sort of barely know in the corner of my Twitter brain. I had yeah. such a hard time recognizing people with masks on at Pound, but I was trying to. I, I recognized JoJo after three days of walking by JoJo sporadically and going, pretty sure that was jojo but i'm not sure and then, and then somebody recognized me and that was pretty cool that was a nice little moment there but i keep getting recognized at majors too i don't know what happens i every major i've been to everyone's like hey are you etos i'm like you're How tall do you know aren't me, you man? yeah i'm six two yep there you go that's all you need to so know. that that probably helps but it's still like i don't know how you know me man like I'm just a funny map guy. I just do funny stats stuff on Twitter. Like, I don't know how this happened. It's a it's a meritocracy. You do cool stuff. People want to be around you just off the bat. Apparently so. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, while you're going dark and stuff, please tell us where you think we should turn our attention to. For example, where will M4M, will where will it be twitched? Where will it be live streamed? Um, it'll be on Team Oxy. Uh which streamed SSS back in the day, if anyone was around back then. I mean, probably stopped in 2015, 2016. Team Oxy used to do TMTs before it moved to... Where did... Yep. Where is it now? Gosh. I think they it's don't even... on Kador, uh, FlyQuest. Or, it's on FlyQuest, I think. Right, but they're not even doing it at the moment because everybody's going to IRL stuff, which makes sense. But yeah. shout-outs to TMT. Yeah, no, Team Oxy. And then I think there'll be a secondary stream on LeMonster, Minnesota, which is just one of our players just like has an extra setup to stream something on because we... Didn't have two streams. We'd rather have two streams. Um, definitely check it out. This Saturday, football fest beforehand, probably on Team Oxy GG as well. That Friday with a two-stock tournament for fun, uh, probably $100 prize pool uh, with top players like Polish, uh, Salt, Zuppy, Jflex, uh, Ben, Chape, you know, a lot of a lot of 100 grand, a lot of top players will be there for that for that uh, fest as well. All of in, a lot of Indiana's best players, a lot of Iowa's best players, sadly oh, slow King can't come. Sorry. Blue will be there. Yeah. I love Blue. Ethan's my guy. We I love Blue. I love uh Latin, Frigid, Imder, all them are great people. But what about J Mook? J Mook will not be there. But 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 he tossed. J Mook. Uh he was supposed to so he was gonna go Phantom, he's like, I I can't go because Phantom. And then he just got busy. I don't blame him. He's got a, he's a, hey, he's a top player now. It's different when you're an unknown guy, you know, unknown, and you're getting DM'd by this guy on Twitter who's like, hey, I like your seek. I'll fly you out. Versus, you know, if you're a top five, top three player, and you, you know, you just want to sometimes, you know, like not have tournaments. I mean, I don't blame him. He got COVID after going to Gommel and then couldn't go to Phantom, and that must have sucked. So, like, mm -hmm. I don't blame him. 
And then that might have also turned into the Axe thing where Axe was supposed to go to Xanadu Legends, I think, this past weekend or two weekends ago. But it's just like COVID was la- lingering and not going away 100%. Shout out to everybody yeah. who's trying to stay safe. Shout out to those of you who are not. Please turn around the train and get onto the Be Safe bus. And uh, that's all I got then. We'll make sure to have the Team Oxy Twitch plugged in the description of this podcast episode because it doesn't sound like we need to push your stuff super hard since you're going to be going dark but i'm glad i caught you because i've wanted to talk to you for a while but every time you would go on to radio melee i thought well maybe etost is satisfied with the radio melee appearances but i kept saying to myself no there's no way etost it has to be cut off. Like toe for PPMD every time is like, all right, Etos, do you have any shout outs? Let's get you going. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I still need to get you on. So I'm really appreciative of you coming I, on. Hopefully well, thank you so much for having me. You enjoyed, you enjoyed just being told this is where you need to be. I'll take care of everything else. Hopefully you enjoyed that as compared to being, having to be that person for somebody else. You oh do yeah. That much so nicer, often. much mm-hmm. nicer. Yes. Only best treatment for Etos on bottom of the smash. Mountain. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to to the rest of you who are interested in learning where you should go for places, if you go on Linktree and do Cypher003, you'll see the links to everything that I do, including the Patreon, including the Twitter, including the Twitch, including all the podcasts. Literally, I made sure every single podcast platform this is on, is there's a link for it in that Linktree, which is like 20 plus. There are way too many podcast platforms. I'll just say it. And yeah, if you are. use Stitcher Premium... Fuck Stitcher Premium. All right, so let's let's go oh, ahead damn. and start to let's go ahead and start to wrap up. Any any last any any shout outs for us, Etos, on your way out today? Yes, uh, a few shout outs. Shout out uh, Minnesota scene for the most part. You're all you're all great. Shout out uh, Chape, who's downstairs, actually below me somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, I think it's the room over there, playing some online melee right now, playing some ladder, home housing for a while. Uh, shout out to a lot of my close friends who I talk to a lot. Alice, Climbers, like I said, Scout uh, from MDVA, Randy, uh, ATM if he's listening, Salt, loves, uh, excited to see Salt in a few days, Mads, Toriel, people coming, everyone coming to 4M, all that. Shout out to you, Cypher, for having me on, being a great guy. Uh, th- shout out to you for planning, which is like something Smashers don't really do well. I've noticed it sucks because I'm a planner as well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out to everyone there. I, I don't think I, I don't think I got, shout out to my shout out to my mom. Shout out to my mom. Love my mom. Oh yes. Oh hearts in the chat. Let's make yeah, sure we get hearts melee, in the chat. One last shout out, shout out to melee stats Discord. Uh, just because if you want a great place to talk about melee, definitely a great place to do that there. Uh, as long as you're fine with being bullied by Gimme That Wheat. As long as you're fine with, if you're fine with bully, eh, being bullied by him, you'll have a great time. See, somebody said it. Somebody finally said it. You go on that server to endure the slightly vague but slightly specific pressure of a presence that you don't always 100% know where it's coming from. Then we will say something directly to a message you put out onto onto the Discord server of Melee Stats, and you go, oh, oh. But I do love Wheat, and I love the podcast Waiting for Game, so shout-outs to Waiting for Game. And whenever the video comes out, I've been holding out for so long. This is almost as bad as Alston Melee's holdout of their podcast. They finally came back. I'm super happy. I'll be super happy and pop off super hard when this when this Melee Stats V2 video, the next one, whenever that happens, when it comes out. Yeah, God. We're waiting forever. It feels like uh, it's never going to come out. It's like Crush is never going to come back. Sad. Mm. 
that would be somebody who I wouldn't want to get onto the podcast. But anyway, let's go ahead and wrap this here. We're going to do the intro, Etos, and then we're going to do thumbnail. So you don't go anywhere, but to all of y'all for the recording bit, you will be looking at the outro now. The rest of us in stream will we'll be back in just a second. 